Hello and welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm your host, Barbara Fisher. Tonight I'm talking with Nick, who is an experiencer of many interesting and fascinating things. Hello, Nick. Hi, how's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me on. This is really a really cool experience to be able to come on and after listening for like all this time, you know, then I get to actually be on the show. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you for telling me you had cool stories to tell. So jump right in whenever you want. All right. Um, well, so I'm going to start with the earliest experience and possibly the earliest memory that I have, um, which was about the age of three, maybe four. I'm not exactly sure. Um, and actually, this is a story that I've never told anybody. So this is uh, something that I had as an experience. And then for up until the last couple of years, I just thought it was like a dream that I had. It was a super intense dream. But it was like a very intense memory as well that I, um, that I would like remember back to and think about it like throughout my life and go like, that didn't seem like a normal thing. Right. But I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to explain it other than um, like potentially when I was born, I was in an incubator for a couple days, which I thought, Oh, maybe it was like a memory of that when I was like an infant or whatever. But like learning about when I had my daughter learning about how like baby's eyes develop and things like that, it doesn't really seem to be like something from like day one of my life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so oh, I guess I'll tell the, this is something that uh, there's two parts to it. The first part is what I remember from like before I woke up. And then the second part is the w waking up process. And okay. so what I remember uh, before I woke up was that I was laying down and I was in like a weird half and half space. So I was laying on this bed or something flat. It was like a table, but not like an operating table. It was just like, just like a surface. And then there was like other people laying around me on this side of the left side of this space. And it looked like, like rough hewn stone or like a, a cave kind of on the left side. And then on the right side, it was, brightly lit and there was like a big machine thing it was all white and like sterile looking um and there was these like sh shadowy but white figures that were like humanoid figures and they seemed big like bigger than me and they were like standing to my right and then behind them was other shadowy white like just it was just like a white shadow you know like a blob but it was like radiating light and that was they were working on this machine way behind these people on the right side and so that's what i remember um from the actual like dream experience whatever the hell it was the second part of the experience was the waking up process and it's actually the first part of the experience because the first part that i just told it was a memory after mm -hmm. i woke up i remembered this and I thought it was a dream and I, I don't know what it is now. When I woke up, I woke up screaming. I was screaming, screaming. 
like pure terror. Like my whole body was felt like it was vibrating and I couldn't look away from, it was like a spot right above the door, above the door jam to the right. So up in the corner of the room and it, my vision was like focused on that. And it looked like if you imagine like a, like a still surface of water and you drop like a marble in it and you see these concentric rings expanding. Now imagine if you played that in reverse and overlaid it with your vision. So it was these concentric rings that were going in to this one point, but the whole vision of what I was seeing was like moving and in, into mm. this one point, but I could still see the room, but it was like overlaid. Mm -hmm. The other thing that was going on when I woke up screaming was that my ears felt like they were packed full of cotton that was made out of TV static. It was the oh. weirdest experience. I've never experienced it before in my life or after that I know of. Um, but it was just like on my ears, you know, like I couldn't hear anything. Just like, you know what I mean? So that mm -hmm. was that was very memorable as well. The last thing that I remember, the lamp was on, on the bedside table. It was turned on, but I, I wouldn't have been able to turn it on and, and then start screaming or while I was, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that was really weird. And I just remember that as well. And ever since that happened, like, I don't have very many memories from that age or even four or five, you know, six, um, later on in my life, I killed a lot of memories through alcoholism but that one always stayed with me and you know i do have some other ones from like playing with friends and stuff and all that but yeah it's just like very very like one of those core memories the only thing else sorry the only thing else real oh, quick is a, uh okay afterwards i had a weird phobia of large machinery so like mm -hmm. backhoes and things like that, I was terrified. And I don't know why other than I got a sensation when I thought about them, which now I don't have this phobia, but when I was a kid, I did of the sensation of like something metallic pinching on something metallic with such force that you can't stop it. And it's just going to go through whatever it's going to go through. And I don't know why, but it, it seemed like it was attached to this experience that I had. So there you go. Do, do you remember a parent or somebody coming into your room yeah, both my while parents, you were screaming? They, they both came in um, and like sat down and were like, calm down, you know, what's going on. And I told them I had this crazy, like, I was just, I couldn't talk for a while. And that's really all I remember. Like, I don't remember afterwards. We never talked about it. It just was a bad dream that I had. Oh, that's really awful. But skipping forward um, to now knowing what I know about people, other people's experiences and things like that, it just, it ticked a lot of boxes that other people's experiences have ticked. And I didn't wonder if there wasn't some sort of something other than a bad dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's an awful first memory to have <laughs> you know that's just wow um and i it, i find it interesting on the left side 
it was stone and like being in a cave. And on the right side, it was sterile and white and the shadowy pale figures sort of moving around. Uh, they were almost and a angelic. machine. It was almost like an angelic glow, I yeah. guess, but not in a sense that was comforting. <laughs> yeah. Be not afraid. <laughs> right, right. Was it, uh, w- was there a temperature that you could feel? I don't remember that. Yeah. I, but I feel like maybe it would have stood out if there was something yeah. significant, you know? Yeah. Cause I was wondering if there was a different temperature on one side to the other, but that's really, really interesting. I wasn't in the middle. I was just to the left, just to the side of where it was divided. So okay. I was in the cave side, but I was just up on the edge of where it was split to the sterile white clean, whatever it was. side. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, symbolically there's all kinds of <laughs> juice in there you know that's <laughs> i like mm, underground yeah um stone yeah people laying on a you know flat surface yeah that's and then over there there's the 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 sort of omnidirectional light it's going everywhere you know mm-hmm. you can't tell where it's from exactly and it doesn't seem to cast shadows um, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a lot for a little kid. And then yeah. to have some undefined large machinery just kind of over there. I can see why you were afraid of earth moving equipment <laughs> because yeah, if there's some kind of weird machine over there and, and you don't know what it's for, well, the imagination can come up with a reason for it to be over there. And it's not one that you would be trusting of. Yeah. Yeah. That's creepy. That is definitely creepy. And you've remembered it all this time. Did you ever talk with anybody about it? This is the very first time I've ever told it to anybody, mm-hmm. to you. Um, you're the first person to hear it. So. Wow. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing that. Thank you for trusting me to, to hear it. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. It's not something that I was like, didn't want to tell people it, it just some, some that was like my thing you know nobody right. nobody would under nobody would get it you know it's like mm-hmm. i can tell you but you probably wouldn't un- you'd be like oh you had a bad dream when you were a kid you know what i mean it's like yeah, yeah. I, that's that's what i thought for the most of my life but then i started getting into this stuff and it stands out yeah yeah it does um well, if anybody has had similar dreams, they'll probably send an email to me and I'll let you know um, because that's that's a very juicy experience of, of something. And, and you said, you know, before that it kind of starts to make sense later on. Can you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in a very, uh, very religious christian uh we were lutherans and we go to church every sunday and um you know i it, the paranormal and things like that were just for entertainment in, in our household and uh never yeah. was something that was ever given any credence jesus was the lord and we uh 
that's what we were taught. And so, um, I never really like, I, I used to like ghost stories and things like that when I was a kid. I remember I had a couple books, but never really got into anything like that. Um, if we're going to go chronologically, let me see here in my notes. Um, the only other two, there's two things from my teen years that, that could kind of stand out for a, a long time, probably about a year off and on, uh, in high school, I would, when I was falling asleep, I would hear like orchestral music and it, it was in that hypnagogic state where, you know, once you're like, you try to hear it and then you wake up and you're like, what was that? You know? Um, but mm -hmm. it was always like an orchestral classical music with like something that you would hear a symphony play, but it was never any music that I knew. Like I, mm. and I thought I was making it up in my head and I'm like, this is a cool power that I have. I can make up orchestral music when I fall asleep or whatever, you know, but, uh, no, I don't think that's what it was after, after, uh, you know, uh, jumping forward a couple, uh, years or whatever. Uh, the other thing was that I had to experience in my, in my high school years where I was, I had a futon in my room and I would nap mm -hmm. on it. And there was one time where I was, I was taking a nap on the futon and I like woke up, but I couldn't move my body. And I tried really, really hard to sit up and I couldn't move. And I tried really hard to move my arm move it and I kept trying it was probably like I don't know felt like 10 minutes that I was trying to get out of my body or get myself to sit up like I know I'm awake and then I did sit up and I looked down and my body was still there and as oh, soon dear. as I saw it I was like what and then I actually woke up and was awake and like able to get up and go you know get some water or whatever but it was super weird and it stood out to me where I, I fought against my physical body and then I finally was able to sit up and realize kind of what was going on and it snapped me back into it or something. I don't know, maybe, or as a dream. <laughs> that's a, that's a good one too. That's a, Oh, I'm gonna float away and Oh wait, <laughs> no. <laughs> right. So then we move forward to, um, right about the start of COVID when we were all going into lockdown and, um, at this point, um, you know, I'd been through, uh, a lot of different experiences of just like, I was an alcoholic, I was homeless for a while. Um, I ended up going through treatment. I got sober. I, you know, cleaned myself up. I got a job. I, uh, met a girl, we got married, we had a kid and now we're living together. You know, we, we have a house. Um, so I turned my life around, but, uh, around the time of the pandemic started, um, I was using cannabis as um, a medicine for my neck. I have chronic mm -hmm. uh, pain from like, I was a framer for a while and, you know, I, I build cabinets and stuff. So I work with my hands a lot. Um, so I use cannabis medicinally and I started growing it. And so, um, you know, it's a little, little medicinal grow for personal use and stuff. And it was helping me a lot with my pain. So I was like, okay, cool. So, at this point, I'm a hardcore scientist. Like, I love anything with plant biology and, you know, the, the light from, because I'm growing indoors, I'm studying like the lights and, and photons and all this electricity and all, all this stuff. 
And uh, then we ended up moving. Um, I was in St. Paul during the riots, and we were both, we didn't have jobs so because uh, of the COVID. So uh, we're like, well, we're out of here. We moved. When I moved, uh, I set my little grow back up, and I started uh, growing mushrooms as well because I wanted to try microdosing because I was dealing with some, some depression, some anxiety, some mental health stuff that I thought uh, microdosing mushrooms would help. And it did. It actually really helped a lot. And I still do uh, microdosing. This is like four years later, three, three years later, whatever it is. Um, but uh, at this point, remember, I'm materialist reductionist using microdosing just for depression. And after about four months of microdosing, um, I was totally into the paranormal. Like, it was, it's, it's, uh, like I was drawn to it. So like the mushrooms were like, here, this is what you need to look at. Um, but what the way that it turned out was I was listening to these podcasts about, uh, microdosing and I found a show called uh, mind escape. I don't know if you heard those guys, Mike and Maurice, they did a crossover show with the brothers of the serpent brothers of the serpent got me interested in ancient civilizations and then uh, like fairies and all these other things that they, they were doing at the time on their episodes. And I was like, this is cool. Cause I was at work and I had, you know, big headphones on for the machines and stuff. And so I'm listening to podcasts all day at work. So I binge myself out on brothers of the serpent. I started reading all these books about the paranormal. Uh, I got into where did the road go through uh, the brothers of the serpent and was uh, looking at like Skinwalker Ranch, watching that show, and I was watching Expedition Bigfoot, all these other you know paranormal shows and stuff because I thought it was really cool and interesting, and I, I thought it was like the world had gotten boring, and uh, th that kind of was part of the depression. And the mushrooms showed me that this is actually a real thing that you know, like this shit. Sorry, this stuff is happening in our world. And so the world is not as boring as you think it is. And so, uh, I started getting really into all this stuff and I was reading all these books and, um, and I ended up having a bit of an ex existential crisis because once you start putting all these things together, you're like, Bigfoot isn't just, you know, a relic hominid running around in the woods, you know, why does it disappear? Why is there light? You know, why is this thing related to that thing? And this is an obscure little thing that's related to this other thing. And it's all a web and it's like a fractal and you can go down any point mm -hmm. in it and you can just keep going and you will never find an answer. But if you look at the whole thing, then you can at least see an edge of it. Maybe, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. but at, at that point I was like, this is happening. So what does that mean for how I believe the world works? Like if I think that everything is science and physics, and then I started getting into physics, I'm like looking down that rabbit hole and you get to the point where it's like, well, if you look far enough, you got a little point of energy and that's it. So what is our reality for real? And I started reading books of like the holographic yeah. universe and, um, other stuff like that. I, what is it? Uh, sorry, I don't have it on here. 
there was a couple other ones um, about just different like versions of reality and what it means. And I'm like, if we don't know, then what's the point? And I got really depressed. And I was like, this is like everything that I thought was important could be anything because we don't know. And that, that really messed me up for a little while. Um, but then I was like, well, if, if we don't know what it is and there's no way that I'm going to be able to figure it out because a lot smarter people than me have come before me and looked at all this stuff and said, we don't know what it is either. So why not have fun with it? So I, I read this book, uh, synchronicity by Dr. Kirby surprise. And it's my absolute favorite book. It's so much fun to read. And then if you do the stuff in the book, then you can mess with reality a little bit and it's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I started messing with synchronicities. I started seeing them everywhere I looked and, uh, and then I started messing around and creating my own synchronicities. And that led me to, um, like, uh, so I was doing this thing where I was taking like marbles and I was channeling energy, like raising up energy in myself and then channeling it into these marbles with the intention of, um, the marble being the end of a synchronicity that means something to somebody else and the happiness or the surprise or the excitement that I feel when I see is the end of a synchronicity, like the second half of it is what I call it. Um, I put that, that energy into the marble and then I would leave them in public for people to find. And I thought it was just like a fun hobby, you know? So I, I was messing with synchronicities right. a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm, you can jump in at any time. I'm just talking away here. Okay. So I know somebody who has done the, the marble thing, but now of course I can't think of who it was who was telling me about it. Or if I heard it on a podcast, huh? I don't know, but I do remember somebody talking about leaving marbles. Maybe they were doing it with stones. Maybe it was stones. I don't know. But I've done similar things with little tiny pieces of art, like little paintings, and I'll just leave them and see if anybody will. And I live in a small town, so I want to see if anybody says anything about them. And so far, they've just gone out into the world. Yeah, I haven't heard anything back from mine either, so. (laughs) It's a fun thing to do, though. Did you ever do random nodding? I'm not sure what that is. Oh, okay. Well, um, quickly, it's a internet random number generator that can generate latitude and longitude near you. And then you go there and see what you find. And I've had a lot of people have really interesting synchronicities happen, like a string of them, after they've done the random nodding thing a little bit. Um, Tim Renner has has gotten some interesting, weird things from that. Um, when Morgana and I did it the very first time, it was really funny. Um, we, we were taken to a tree that was between the local 
uh, community center and uh, a bunch of, it was on its way to the dog park. It was a patch of grass with a tree. It was a young tree. And I was like, so we found a tree. That's pretty cool. And then Morgana said, what's that in the grass? And walked over and picked it up. And it was one of those uh, things that you put on your belt and it carries (laughs) dog poop bags. So when you walk your dog, it was shaped like a bone. And she started to laugh before she brought it back to me. And she said, well, this is what happens when Coyote and Fox go playing with the Randonaut app. You know, we hang out with tricksters. We get tricked. This is what we get. Other people get, you know, a drawing or cool graffiti. (laughs) We get poop bags. That's great. I said, well, they're useful at least, you know. (laughs) So um, my husband got a poop bag holder, which he never uses. He just sticks them in his pocket, but whatever. Um, But yeah, look up random nodding sometime. You might. That's a that's a synchronicity tool. That's a good way to There's get a, a, guy, a storm uh, of them. And I don't I don't remember where I heard this either. I think he might have been on a podcast um, that does these synchronicity walks. I think in London, and they they just get a group of people together mm-hmm. and they do some like mind loosening, um, you know, like different brain teasers and stuff to, to like loosen themselves up, and then they just start going, and they'll like you know uh, roll a dice to figure out which street they go down and then they follow that street and then they, you know, somebody will like see something and then they follow that synchronicity and then they see another synchronicity and they follow that one. And, you know, I thought it was really cool and see where they end up. And there's some pretty cool stories. If you look it up, synchronicity walks online. That's really cool. That that's, that's like, you know, guided ghost tours, but (laughs) more chaotic, more, more chaos magic than, and if Morgan and I did it, we'd probably come up on something really crazy. But yeah, that's a good. I want to do it too, like but that. I don't have any friends that are interested in this stuff. So the synchronicities really—that was what kicked me off on on everything else. And like, oh, uh, if I can use a synchronicity just to mess with, you know, reality, like, uh, what else can I do? Oh, sorry. I, ha- I skipped over one story here in the in the chronology. Um, real quick before we get further into the, the magical stuff. Um, so my wife told me I could tell this story because she's cool with it. But um, she's actually diagnosed bipolar type two, but we didn't know that um, all her life she's been diagnosed depression and anxiety and given all these antidepressants and and all these pills and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we were having a, we were going through a bit of a rough patch and she was really struggling. And, you know, I I would support her as much as I can. And, um, but we were talking about it. And so we're sitting out on our porch and there was this hula hoop that our, we'd gotten for our daughter and it lights up, but you have to like drop it on the ground to light it up or whatever, tap it. And it was hanging on uh, a piece of furniture out on the porch behind us. And so my wife and I are sitting out there talking and, you know, we're, we're really, it's an emotional conversation, like struggling. She's struggling. She doesn't know how to get better. And I don't know how to help her. Um, she said, the way she said it was, I don't understand. It seems like it goes up and down. Like it's a cyclical thing and the hula hoop, it lit up, but 
it never oh you yeah are correct <laughs> that's the universe yeah going, you have so it so then immediately like i went over to the hula hoop and was like that was really weird and i tried to light it up again and like you have to like smack it to get it to light up and nothing had touched it it wasn't windy or anything it just lit up as soon as she said that so the next day i called the doctor they got her off the antidepressants onto the right medication she's 100 percent better like it, it's so that was a cool experience that we had as well um yeah that's amazing and wonderful you know who whoever was mm -hmm. hanging out listening to y'all <laughs> was on the ball knew well, what to uh, do i actually i have an idea of of who it might have been and i'll i'll tell you about that um a little bit later in the in the story if you want um so going back to the synchronicities yeah that it was it Oh no, it's not. It is not, and so I'm, I'm very grateful that we were able to get that all figured out. Um, so as far as the synchronicities go, I can't turn them off anymore. Like, they just I'm I'm a magnet, and it it pops up in such weird stuff. Like, I had five references to the word taupe, the color from five different random places in two days. Like I've never, I don't even know what color taupe is. I haven't looked it up yet, but that just recently happened. And I'm like, why, why? <laughs> it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of a brownish beige. So it's kind of a, a I'm trying to think. Um, it's kind of like a, pale not quite beige there's a little bit more of an earthy tone to okay. it and that's oh, you are an artist yes <laughs> so yeah. yeah i don't think that yeah. the, the, the actual yeah. what it was matters as much as the you know that it was five five times no in two days that you just saw that completely random that is yeah, that's foreign exactly. to your experience because so, you didn't know what yeah. color that was. Um, if you go to the paint store, <laughs> it's it just go to the boring colors part <laughs> where it's all those those neutrals, browns and grays and stuff. And Actually, you'll find it in there. Works, that's so where it lives. Perfect. Yeah, there um, you go. So next thing in the book Synchronicity... Um, that he talks about his thought forms and egregores and that sort of thing and how you can you can actually create your own focus you know so i thought oh that sounds like fun to do so um i started doing a, a visualization and i would i had a sidekick and it was a three foot tall two-dimensional stick figure and his name was tim and he would follow me around like to hang out in my kitchen um he had a little cell phone that was just like a line because he's a stick figure so it's like two-dimensional cell phone um he had a vape that he would um hit or whatever and um yeah i just that dude was with me and i i had the what is it hyper fantasia where you can you have a very good ability to to visualize stuff and, and hold that image in your head and stuff. So um, mm -hmm. my goal was that 
Tim was with me 24 seven, except for like when I was in the bathroom and things like that. Cause it's a privacy thing. So I was visualizing a, a three foot tall stick yeah, figure yeah. hanging out with me. He like sit on the counter, whatever while I was cooking dinner and, you know, um, go out with me when I was smoking a cigarette or whatever, he'd hit his vape and he didn't like that I smoked and I gave him like a whole personality. And so, um, I thought that was, that was like a fun exercise. But then, uh, one day about a month after I started doing it, my daughter starts, she's four at the time. She starts talking about stick figures. And she said, I think I saw a stick figure mm. in the hallway. And I'm like, mm. well, uh, that is my imaginary friend, Tim. And his job is to keep the house safe. She's like, okay, cool. And then like two days later, she has this, this big stuffed bear. It's about three feet tall. And she's playing with it. And she goes, dad, I named him Tim. And I'm like, okay, so we have uh, a thought form named Tim that's three feet tall. We have a teddy bear that's named Tim that's also three feet tall. I am not going to have a animated teddy bear coming to life in my house. This is not happening. So I had to put Tim down. Um, unfortunately, I didn't want to take the bear away from my kid. So I had to put away my thought form. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a weird one. And the cats would act weird in the kitchen. Yeah. Cause that's where I would like have Tim hang out when I was doing stuff, you know? So I don't know. They started acting a little weird. Mm-hmm. The, uh, that visualization, um, I started doing more meditation and doing all that stuff on my own time for a set amount of time, you know, um, just practicing, like, I guess it was practicing at the time. At the time I didn't think it was practicing. I thought it was just fun visualization stuff that was like entertaining because the microdosing was making the inside of my head a more entertaining place to like be you know, and, and a healthier place to be. Um, mm -hmm. And I was also doing a lot of work on myself and um, like working with the, the shadows and if, if you know that expression um, and, and kind of like getting, getting those, mm -hmm. those nasty stagnant areas in my psyche cleared out. Um, you know, I was doing more artwork and writing and um, I was getting back into music and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was good for me. Yeah. Um, so a while, it was about, it's about a year ago, um, that we moved into this house and that is when I started doing magic and I started really small. Um, I was leaving offerings outside uh, like once a week, just a little bit of butter or some cream. Um, and when I was out there, I would uh, do visualizations of like myself and my household being protected by like, in my mind, I was seeing a, like a, like a shimmering barrier, like a force field, you know? And so um, I would do those kinds of visualizations. Mm -hmm. And then I would also put out, like in my, and this isn't something that I saw or this is just inside my own head, but, um, you know, like a beacon that anybody want to come and hang out with me, you know, like, uh, sending out some energy, some vibrations, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. 
and uh, see what was around. Um, the place where I was leaving these offerings is the, the back corner of my yard. And there's holly bushes and there's pine trees and there's some decorative grass. And where I was leaving them, uh, about four feet up in the holly bush, directly above where I was leaving these offerings, a honeysuckle branch grew straight out. There's no honeysuckle in my yard. There's no honeysuckle in my neighbor's yard. The other side of the, the, the trees is an office park. Like, where did the honeysuckle come from? It's weird. I know it's an invasive plant, and it could have been a totally natural explanation. It could have just been that it randomly yeah. grew there, but it just seemed weird that it happened just a couple weeks after I started leaving offerings out there, and it's still out there. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, okay, so this was in January. Um, I was holding a plastic cup. So I had three of these clear plastic cups, and I was holding them with my thumb and my index and my middle finger, like this, pinched, right? And there was water in all three of them, because I was going to go water my some of these plants over here. and. Uh, I brought, they were just like clear plastic solo cups, but they were like the half sized ones, right? So they were the, for wine or whatever you, you know, so I, I had them in my hand. I had filled them up with water. I set them down on the counter and I looked down and there's water all over the counter. And I was like, what is happening? Um, did I knock one of these cups over? I looked, no, but there's a big hole where my thumb pad was melted in the side of the cup where I was holding it pinched. So, oh, that's um, oh, and this was, so here's the, the other thing that during all these next stories, I was dealing with a medical condition um, where I, I was getting these random muscle knots all over my body. And um, they would just, so I, I'm, I'm on muscle relaxers now. Mm -hmm. I haven't really had any problems with it for a while, but it started just about the time that uh, we moved just before we moved into this house. So I don't know if like that was something that just like, I don't know, like I had all this tension in my body, my muscles were knotting up everywhere. And I went to the doctor multiple times to get an explanation. I still don't have an explanation for it, but I do have medicine that helps it. Um, so this was February 8th, 23 after this is after that. Uh, cup. I made a video, actually. It's on my Instagram. If you go back into January of this year, you can probably find it. Um, so this is February 8th, 23. I had four light bulbs burn out around me in the last five days. Um, so at this time, I was dealing with myofascial knots in my jaw and my, and my face, and it felt like my face was coming off. It felt like my face mm, was trying to yeah. like pull off the rest of my skull. Um, the front outside light had burnt out the bulb by the laundry in the basement, a bulb in our bedroom and the fluorescent bulb in the garage while I was out there for the first time, um, like hanging out out there. Cause I was doing another podcast on cannabis and I, my wife was down here at the time. So I went to the garage to do that, that podcast. And while I was out there, um, for the first time hanging out out there, cause we had just moved in that light bulb burnt out. So I don't know if it was ready to go and leaving it on had burned it out, but 
I do try to like fact, like, you know, uh, skirp derp as the snake bros would say, you know? Um, yeah. And, oh yeah. And I've had so many times where I'm like, Oh, a UFO. Oh no, that's just an airplane. You know what I mean? Like, and that applies to all this stuff. If there is an explanation other than WTF, I want to know what it is. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah. That was a weird one where all those light bulbs burnt out in the last, in five days, all like everywhere that I was spending time in the house, the light bulbs were burning out. So that was a weird one. Um, here's St. Patrick's day. I remember this one because, um, first of all, I wrote notes, but secondly, because, uh, it was the first time that I had like asked for and gotten something. So we were, we went out to dinner. Um, we came home. It was about seven o'clock. I was coming in the back door and I just stopped and I looked up at the sky and I said, I really want to see a UFO. And then my wife was like, all right. And I was like, actually, I don't know if I want to see a UFO because that seems like it could be dangerous, but I do want to see one, but I don't want it to be here. You know what I mean? And so, uh, Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, eight forty-five. I want to see it from far away. That's right. I want to see somebody else go. I want to see somebody there. else's UFO. <laughs> Just leave me alone. Um, you know, so I, that night, seven o'clock, I said I want to see a UFO. Eight forty-five, I went outside. I left uh, butter, milk, and an and a sliced-up apple, and as an offering. Um, and then at eight fifty, I literally walked out there, put it down, stopped, did my meditation visualization for a couple minutes turned around walked back to the step uh at the back door where i smoke turned around to light a cigarette looked up and there's a giant white light in the sky it was about four times brighter than a satellite it wasn't an airplane it wasn't a balloon it wasn't it was just a light and i just went from and and i would have seen it because i walked back looking up at the sky so i walked this way Looking at the sky, I turn around and it's there, right above me. And I would have seen it because it would have had to come right over my head. So, anyways, I look up and there's right. this bright light in the sky. Right. I watched it. I'm like, wow, this is crazy because I just said I want to see one, and now there's one right above me. And uh, I'm like, right, my back's right up against the the wall of the house, and I have my cigarette. I'm just watching it, like, don't come this way. And it just kept going further and further. It hit the tree line and I, I lost it. But um, yeah, it was a crazy one. I got it on video and then I got a video of an airplane and then a video of a satellite. So you can compare all three of them if you want. And it's not, they don't look the same, none of them. So I don't know what it was. Right. You know, it could have been, it was a UFO. It was yeah. unidentified. So, but Yeah. That's, that's funny. Um, I was taught at an early age how to tell a UFO from my grandpa because we used to sit in the evening in the summer and watch the sky. And, and we were looking at stars, too. He was showing me the stars. But uh, every now and then, he'd, he'd, we'd see you know planes go over, and he'd say, well, see that? It's going straight. It's got red and white and green lights, and they're blinking. That's a, that's a airplane. 
the FAA says you have to have those lights, and and all the planes do. So that you, that's how you tell that. He said, "Now, you see that tiny thing just going straight? That that's a satellite. That's a satellite. Now, airplanes generally go straighter. They make big curves. They just you know they they kind of." roll sideways they don't look like you know they don't make sharp turns they can't do that he says now a helicopter you can almost always hear and it has the same faa lights and it it can do some of those you know hover sideways you know all that (laughs) and so we're watching and you know the next night we didn't see anything else and the next night we were watching and there was a sort of an orangish light and it was doing the zigzag nonsense that they will do. And he says, see that there? See that? That's one of them. You see that? See how zigzagging and, and doing all that nonsense? Yeah, that's, that's, that's them. Now we're going in the house. <laughs> yeah. He says, whatever that is, we don't want to know. Come on in. And he called grandma. Grandma was coming out with with popcorn, and he's like, "No, Dean, turn right around." I mean, that is a cool. <laughs> We're going cool in the house. <laughs> if you're going to watch the UFOs, this is popcorn. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were going to look at the stars. He was going to tell me all about different constellations. Damn lights but coming mess up our stargazing. They, they showed up <laughs> <laughs> uninvited. Yep. Should I keep going with the? All right. Um, I so, so I have did you conjure another UFO, UFO? But um, I do see the flashers, uh, like where it looks like somebody turns the star on and then off real quick. And I see those yeah. probably about every month, once a month or so. I'll see that up there. And it's just yep. I don't go lay out in the yard. Like I go to bed at like you know nine o'clock usually because I get up at four in the morning for work. So. I don't do a lot of stargazing, but I do stand out there and I have, I've quit smoking since uh, moving in. And that's actually in the story um, because it involves magic, but I, I vape now and I stand out where I used to smoke and I um, I'll stare at the sky while I'm out there for, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, and then come back inside. So I don't want to lose my outside time, but I did want to lose the the tobacco. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it was about, yeah, so I started looking into like doing magic and um, hearing, you know, like, I think what it was, the, uh, the uh, Brothers of the Serpent and Marty Garza, and their UFO series. I don't know if you've listened to the, that whole, it's like 10 episodes or something now, but it's some really interesting history and the occult sections that really caught my attention and interest um for like the you know how does uh like somebody who is in um um like thelema how does that tie into bigfoot you know and i feel like um octavian coming on here and talking to you about using magic and the paranormal and all right. that like i totally want to do that too and i you know that's a that's a cool idea so um, I started looking into more occult stuff, and um, I decided that I don't have a ton of money, so I'm not going to do ritual magic. Like, I'm not going to do, um, you know, I, I don't need to buy 
the the wand that was cut from an ash tree in Ireland at 11:30 at night on a Wednesday with a frog tied around my ankle. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's a little bit. It can be expensive if if you the ceremonial stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, sorry, I think I said ritual a minute ago. Um, totally different thing. Ceremonial magic was was not my thing. So I started looking at chaos magic and yeah. I read a bunch of books about it and um, I didn't do anything. I just read and I did visualizations and um, I did meditation and uh, I kept learning and reading and like, I don't want to jump into something. I have a little kid, you know, I don't want to do anything stupid. Um, very, very cautious. Sorry, my cat. My cat's up here on the table. <laughs> Thank you, because that. Oh, oh, see, I don't have any of my cats in this room with me because they'll walk across the keyboard and screw everything yeah. up. But thank you for being cautious with things because you have a kid. Because there's some ceremonialists I have read. You know, their autobiographies, and they're always doing crazy crap, and their kids are in the house, and then. You know, yeah. crap starts catching on fire, and I'm, yeah. I'm like, well, what do you expect? <laughs> Duh. Don't do that. Um, uh, you know, I might be crazy, but I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I, what I started doing, I said, I'm going to ease into this. I'm going to do one thing for a month and see how, how it goes. And so I decided I was going to do the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, which is a common one, um, which I honestly, I found it. Be, I did it because mm -hmm. I found it. I couldn't like, I didn't know where to look for other stuff at the time. So I'm like, okay, this is something that I found that I could Google that had specific instructions. Visualize this, say this word, you know, turn this way, do this motion, you know, these steps. So I was like, cool, I'm going to do it. I did it for a month and I felt really good and I liked it and I felt, you know, just good. And so I took it and I tweaked it and I added my own stuff and I took stuff away and I came up with my own kind of like daily meditation, visualization practice that I was doing. Um, but I still hadn't done any kind of external actions. It was all internal um, because I didn't know what to do, you know? Like, right. I didn't know there's so many, you can go on Amazon and spend $10,000 on books on magic and mm -hmm. you're going to get a billion different things. It's like, where do you start? You know what I mean? Um, and so I started, I, I, I listened to a lot yeah. of podcasts and I read a lot of books and I decided that I was going to do a sigil and I was like, this is a pretty basic start. You know, this is pretty standard, you know, do it and and forget it kind of thing um but the other thing that i had heard about was beginner's luck and i said okay this is my first one so i need to make it important i need it it's got to matter i can't ask for a million dollars or anything stupid i if it's if this goes the way that people say it's going to go in this whole process this the first couple are going to be like powerful um hopefully so what I did, uh, I had read the book, um, The Daemon by Anthony Peake. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but uh, he talks about 
it is a very good book. I don't, I don't, um, I don't buy into everything that, that he talks about and some of his other stuff as well. Um, like cheating the ferryman. I'm not sure on that, but the, the daemon had some really cool concepts that I kind of took and, and tweaked to my own personal, like how I felt about reality. And so what I did was I made a sigil. I made it, sorry. It's my, my buddy Atticus in here. Um, <laughs> So I did a, a sigil to speak to my daemon, my personal guiding spirit that was assigned to me at birth. I don't know if any of this is or what, you know, he has a, he has a different idea of it in that book, but um, that, that ties in with his, his uh, death theory or whatever that um, is in the other one. But, but for my purposes, I wanted to talk to mm -hmm. my holy guardian angel or whatever you want to call it. Uh, my, my, shoulder angel you know so i did i made a sigil i um i mm -hmm. the way that i was charging up uh, i did a what i call a paranormal rave um which is where i microdose and then i put on trance music and i dance and i visualize and i dance and visualize to trance music as long as it takes um and uh so i did that and did my little ceremony, my, my own personal ritual, you know, with the candle and how I do things. And, uh, the next day I took a nap and because I'm a cannabis user, I don't dream very often. Um, it's not something where I, I like, I either don't remember it or, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I forget it right away or whatever, you know? So I took a nap the next day after doing the sigil and I had a very intense dream. And I woke up and I remember it, it's seared into my brain, like, and, um, and I'm actually, I'll tell you what it was. So I wrote some stuff down here because I wanted to be sure that I actually, what I did was as soon as I woke up, I went outside and I smoked a cigarette and then I went downstairs and I talked to my wife and I put my phone out with a recorder on and I just told her the whole thing immediately. So I have a recording of it somewhere, but, um, I don't need it because I remember exactly like it was just happened. I was standing on a street um, that it had like row houses, like brick row houses and trees um, down. And I was up on the steps to this house and uh, it was like seven steps up or something like that, you know, uh, off of the sidewalk. And we were up on this little entryway platform and it was me. And there was an old black guy and he came up to me carrying a bag and he came up and he said, hey, you know, he told me his name and he said, I'm from, I think, 2317 or 2314. Um, and I'm like, the, that, what? But I don't think that mattered. The, the number, I think my brain might have put that number in there as a placeholder because I didn't understand what was going on. The name that he told me, I also don't know the whole thing, but I shortened it. And so um, I shortened it to Zach. I won't tell you the the rest of what I think it was, but I, um, so we were standing on the street or on the step, but it, you know, there's a street there, there's no cars, there's no people. And he hands me this, um, like tote bag and it's dark blue and there's like a binder and some folders in there and some other stuff. And he hands it to me and then I set it down 
on the ground. And he says, hey, I just want you to know that I think you should keep going with this magic stuff. And then I looked down at the bag and it had toppled over a little bit and two cellophane packages had like kind of tipped over a little bit. One of them had poppy seeds in it and the other one had wheat. And um, I looked up and he was gone. And then I was in another place and I was in this, uh, it was like a store and it was like an old, it felt like a European marketplace outside, but I was inside the store and then there was a marketplace outside and I stepped to the door to go outside and look for Zach and ask him questions because I'm like, what? And, uh, this little girl walks up to me and I'm like, Hey, have you seen Zach? And she <laughs> says, I am Zach. I just, I just, I'm looking, I just look different or something like that. And then she turned into an older tanned, like Margaritaville looking guy with a Hawaiian shirt on. And he goes, don't forget about the magic and then gone. And uh, now I'm in a car and I have my cell phone in one hand and I'm trying to light a cigarette and I'm trying to drive. And then all of a sudden it's icy and I'm trying to write down in the cell phone in my notes app, what just happened because I know it was super important. I need to remember Zach and everything that he told me, but the keyboard is all weird and I can't get it to work. And this is the only time I've ever had a cell phone in a dream either. Like normally you don't see it, but it was, that stood out to me, but the keyboard was all weird. I couldn't get it to work anyways. Um, yeah. so, um, then I woke up and then I went and did the recording and everything and told my wife what I just experienced. Um, so it was very intense. And I know when people hear about dreams, it's like, eh, it's just a dream, you know, but this has, because of the sigil and then the dream, I'm like, okay, wheat and poppy seeds. And I'm like, cool. That's really cool that that happened. Wow. I can't believe that I did magic, you know? And, uh, then I kind of let it go for like a month. So what did the wheat and the poppy seeds mean to you specifically? And, um, didn't, didn't <laughs> think much about it for about a month. And, uh, then a tree, the tree that's in front of our house, we had a big storm and a huge branch fell on my roof. And that was something I had to deal with. And then, um, I had another branch, huge branch fall on my roof again, a second time. And I still wasn't, cause I was like dealing with all that. And then we had some issues with our plumbing and stuff. It's just the house needed to be updated on some stuff. So I was dealing with all that. And then uh, a third branch, big, huge branch that like, I'm talking like 20 foot branch, you know, that's like a, maybe a foot in diameter. It was huge. Um, chopped that up. And um, then I took a trip yeah. to Georgia and while I was in Georgia, I decided this is cool. I'm in the Georgia mountains or whatever. I can, can commune with the, the spirits of the Native Americans and the ancestors of the land. And I did this little thing with a cigarette and tobacco. And uh, then about an hour after I did that, um, I was stretching. And I looked up and my neck popped. My hands went numb. And then I looked down and my neck popped again and my hands stopped being numb. And I'm like, this is not good. 
So I was like, I think I pissed off the land spirits or whatever because I sprained my neck stretching. And I ended up in the ER from it. And uh, after I got home and I went to the ER and they gave me, you know, muscle relaxers and uh, whatever, uh, like uh, Tylenol or ibuprofen, whatever the, the generic one is. Um, I had to stay um, laying on a special pillow for like four days. I couldn't get up and move very well. and I was just out of it. So I started, I was like, hmm, maybe I should. Oh, after I sprained my neck while we were in Georgia, it rained the next day, like downpour complete all day long. Like everything was washed out. So, but I was stuck laying on a regular pillow until I could get home and go to the emergency room and all that. So, uh, diagnosed medication, go rest while I was, uh, bedridden. I started, I was like, I should do some research on that magic. Cause all this other stuff has come up. Well, the, uh, no. So, um, so while I was stuck, uh, I had my phone. I started looking. If you if you look it up, if you Google uh, poppy seeds and um, yep. wheat and yep. de- uh, deities, you get uh, Demeter, I think it is. And I was like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's what it meant. Like I wasn't, I wasn't sold on it. So I started digging deeper, and I came across a um, Slavic proto-indo-european deity named felis and the slavic culture uses wheat and poppy seeds in their harvest festivals and felis is the god of the forest the god of cattle the god of the harvest the god of magic the god of the underworld um he has a lot of roles and so i decided this uh because of some synchronicities uh he also may have come down through the ages into St. Yeah. Nicholas, which my name is Nick. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, he's also um, locked in the mythology. He's locked in an eternal battle with his brother Perun, and they battle. He Velus is the god of the low places and the wet places, and the, uh, his brother Perun is the god of the sky and... Um, you know, uh, the, the weather essentially. And so when Velas tries to come and steal, uh, from Perun, they have a battle and Perun has to push Velas back down to mm-hmm. low places in the form of a thunderstorm. Now, if you think back, I was told to follow the poppy seeds and the wheat. I did not do it immediately. And we had a big storm and three different tree branches fell on my house three different times, three different storms. Then I did a random ceremony that I made up in five minutes in Georgia. Yeah, that sounds significant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when the when the tree branches started falling, I was like, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's trying to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I had written in my little notebook, my magic notebook here um some interesting experiences that i had so i'm not going to get into everything but um so 
one of the things that I started uh, doing was asking for allies during my meditations. And um, I was asking for spirits or uh, whatever you are, whatever the other is, any anyone that is coming in good intent may, you know, come and I'll work with you, whatever, you know, we can see if it'll, it'll work. And I use Vellus um, as kind mm -hmm. of like the, the uh, vector, you know, he's, he's the, the god of the underworld, the god of magic, all these different things. And so I, I turned my, my magical practice, um, when I started it, it was tuned towards, uh, like the Slavic culture and, um, Rod Novary is the, what they call it today of the, the uh, religion that, that still worships these gods and goddesses in, in these cultures. And so I, I put a definite like Slavic tent to my magical practice and started doing more rituals that I was designing and things like that. Um, but one of the things that I was doing was asking for, for uh, spirits or allies or guides. And I, after about two weeks of doing that, uh, I was, again, I, it was just a routine thing. I asked for spirits to come and guide me. And I heard very clearly in my head, you know, <laughs> humans are spirits too. Why don't you go make some okay. friends? And so I was like, you know what? That's true. I don't have any human friends that I can talk to about this. So I reached out to um, another podcaster, uh, Lux Estrada, who does, um, she does a chaos magic podcast and she, they have a, uh, they have a uh, discord server. So I, I jumped in on that and, um, started talking to people about some of that stuff and, uh, just sharing my ideas and, and like branching out, learning new stuff that I could, you know, mess with. And so I started like, uh, practicing different stuff, like trying different things. Um, I made up my own uh, ritual here to sort of open up your third eye or which eye, whatever you want to call it, that to be more perceptive of stuff that we normally aren't aware of. Um, so when I did this one, I'm not going to read it all out to you right now because why, but um, <laughs> I, I started to do it and uh my cats, normally I lock them out of the basement when I'm down here. They like to come down and hang out here with me, uh, but I lock them out when I'm down here doing magic. So they were upstairs. I was down here. I was focused, trance state, doing my ritual, and Atticus jumps up on my lap. And I'm like, dude, why? You just interrupted my, my concentration and everything. Like, no. So I take them back upstairs. And I'm like really mad and just like, man, I put a lot of energy into that. And now I got to start over, I feel like. So I went outside um, and there was a huge owl in my yard, just up on the power line, staring at me. And I was like, okay. Uh, went back inside, went down, did the ritual to the, the whole thing, finished it. And I felt really good about it. Um, that was the first time I saw the owl. The second time I saw the owl, um, is later on in the story. So here's another one. Uh, this is 81323. Last night around 10 PM, I was compelled to go outside. 
About three seconds after I opened the back door and looked up, I saw a streak of red light at a 45 degree from the mm-hmm. horizon. So it's about there, you know, and uh, it came from left to middle and then it fizzled out. It was very weird. Red shot across like, um, and then I put a note down here. So I had to revisit this. So it's the streak of red seemed much closer, like cloud height. And it had a small trail or streaky laser bolt shape. Um, and then it kind of like fizzled out as it got to right in front of me. And then immediately after that, um, there was a white light that came and it followed the same path, except it was just the middle part. It was exactly where that red light had been, but it was way, way off further and it just flashed and then it kind of dimmed out and then it got a little bit and dimmed out again. It got really bright and dimmed out and flashed and then it just died out and was gone. Um, And then after a couple of minutes with my mouth open and feeling thrilled and exhilarated, I laughed and asked for another one. Immediately, another ball of light appeared off to my right. Yeah, I remember this. And it moved right to left for about two to three seconds, and then it just faded out. Um, And it was solid. So the first one was red, came from left to right, and then it just kind of sputtered out. The white one, same thing, flashed bright, dim, a little brighter, dimmer, brighter, bright, and then fade out. And then... Can I have another one? Comes from the other side, solid white for about two to three seconds, and then that faded out. And I felt <laughs> yeah. like I was probably should just not press my luck and say, okay, thank you. <laughs> so that, that was a fun one. Um, so then, let's see here. I don't know if I put it in here, but I did a ritual to quit smoking which I have smoked, I smoked longer, more than half my life. And um, I tried to quit in the past, just couldn't quit, couldn't quit, couldn't even go six hours. Like I needed a cigarette, you know, I tried to switch to like gum. I tried to switch to patch vaporizer and everything else. Um, Let me see if I can find that one here. So what I did was I decided that, um, what it, what had happened was I had gotten sick and that was, this was during the Canadian yeah. wildfires and the smoke was coming down to us. So I had a, like a respiratory infection and then a wildfire smoke and put cigarette on top of that. And I just couldn't breathe. So I'm like, well, I can't do anything about the respiratory infection or the smoke, but I can quit the cigarettes, but I, I need help to do it. So, um, where it is in here. Um, well, I'll just tell you. So what I did was, um, (laughs) uh, basically I, I, I did my normal, like, I'm going to come down with some candles and some water, maybe some incense and just set up and just kind of put some, maybe some music on, or I use like a binaural beats sometimes. I find that's kind of effective for me. Uh, I usually do a microdose before I do any kind of magical thing. So I'm, you know, I'm feeling good. Come down, hang out. Like anybody wants to come and hang out and help themselves. Here's stuff for anybody. And if you want to stick around, there's going to be a bigger 
meal later on, you know, that's what I was projecting. So once I felt like everybody was here, Zach was, was there, you know, whatever, whoever's in my area, in my space, that's, that's part of this. Um, this is my last cigarette ever. And I held it up and I said, I really, really, really want to smoke this, but I'm going to give it to you instead. And so I, I meditated on it and I smelled it and look at it and feel it and remember the first one I had all through my life. It's always been a fixture of my life. And, you know, no matter what I was going through or dealing with, I always had cigarettes and I put all of that emotion and attachment into that one cigarette. And then I gave it as an offering and I said, I will trade you this, all this emotional plus my last cigarette. If you help me quit. And the next day, I didn't want a cigarette. And I, I did say I will use the vaporizer instead because it's a lot healthier. I mean, it's still not great. And eventually I will kick this too, but like I've never been able to get this far with it. And it's been like six months now. So um, the next day after I did the, the ritual to quit and gave my last cigarette, and, and then I, I, I after I finished, I brought it upstairs and I slid it and I tossed it into the wind outside. Um, but the next day I came out, out on the step where I, where I used to smoke and there was two huge cicada hawk wasps, like, you know, two and a half, two and a half inch freaking wasps, huge, um, that they make, uh, ground nests and they had built their nests about four feet on either side of the corners of the step where I sit and, I don't, I never tested it, but I feel like if I lit a cigarette out there, they would have attacked me. They didn't bother me. They didn't, they didn't mess with me at all. I would sit out there and see them, like I would watch them kill a cicada and drag it down their hole, you know? Um, but if I feel, I felt like if I, if I lit a cigarette out yeah. there, I was getting stung, you know? Um, after about a month, they were gone, but they were there every day for a month yeah. or so Yeah. to make sure. I I'm think. sure of it. I mean, they live underground too. That's. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. They were your underworld buddies. I, well, I, I was going to mention do you know why um wheat and poppies go together do i know why they go together in in terms of like uh, i don't know why they go together other than they're they're um agricultural products um, in the fertile in crescent is so in greece and um iraq iran um and then up into Eastern Europe, when you grew wheat, poppies were also often coming up in the field. And they're called um, wheat poppies. The, and they're the prototypical red ones that you I've think of. That. Um, and that's part of why poppy seeds are used on bread because they grow together, they go together. Um, bread is, is the sustenance that, you know, once we started doing agriculture, that was 
that was the sustenance. And then also beer or ale made out of wheat was another uh, sustaining uh, drink because, of course, you couldn't always drink water, you know, because water from streams, it had stuff in it, so you couldn't drink it. And poppies, of course, the seeds also are, um, they're also uh, hallucinogenic. So, and it was a medicine too. So you could use bread with poppy seeds on it as an offering. You could also, and, and bread, interestingly, made from uh, sourdough bread, made from natural yeast, is alive. And so living food is a really good uh, thing to give to the spirits because they eat the life force as well as the food. Um, and, you know, poppies help you see the spirits a little better. Um, but that's why you'll see in Slavic countries uh, when women have these really intricate headdresses, wheat is often in it, and then the poppies is in it, you know, the crowns. So, yeah, that, that was what I was thinking, you know, all along as, as you were talking about it. Um, yeah, Demeter, I, I would not see for you. That, that no, no. But the Eastern European yeah. does make sense. It does, but it doesn't, because I don't have any ties to that region. Like, I, I've, I did an mm -hmm. ancestry test, and it came up as, like, um, you know, there's nothing in that, in that region of the, the world huh. that is in me. So, I don't know. But I thought it was, yeah, it's just a really it's, interesting series of events that led to really, something. You know, that is interesting. Now that I'm wondering, what did you get for your genetics? Uh, I got uh, northern, uh, northern France, southern England, Sweden, Ireland, that whole area. Okay. Um, yeah. So a lot of, a lot of northern European, not so much eastern European. Yeah, like huh. French and. Well, that's the thing. Um, spirits sometimes don't really care. If they decide they, they want to work yeah, with you, they I mean, just appear, this. you know, and, and go, hey, I want to work with you. And usually if you ignore them, uh, you know, tree limbs fall on your house and terrible things happen. Um, it, <laughs> and it's weird. And it, and it does work strangely. So that's interesting. Yeah. So the owl is also, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's a common magical, but the owl is also a, a symbol of Ellis. And so, I, you know, when I, I did the ritual to open up my, my senses and my perceptions and stuff, and then I went upstairs and there's an owl outside and it looks at me and it's like, yeah, you kind of have to go finish the, the ritual and do it right. And then I didn't see the owl again until uh, later on in the story. Um, but that was, I've never seen an owl here. 
like I and I've lived in this state for four years and I've never seen an owl here like mm-hmm. just not in this area you know I live in a suburban area and um I was gonna say owls don't see, care so I don't know I <laughs> owls don't care they'll, they'll come find you <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> yeah so um so let's see here Okay, um, so one of the last magical things that I did, and this was about two months ago or so, um, I'm not going to get into specifics with it, but I will say that I like to tinker or experiment or, you know, push the boundaries to see. And uh, basically, I got to a point where I wasn't feeling at my most stable. Um, my uh, doctor had switched my medication, my muscle relaxer medication to something else. And it was messing with my head. It actually, it worked on, I want to say oh, it worked yeah. on dopamine Yeah. for some, somehow it's back to finish the medication, but yeah. And it made me feel just, I was, I felt hormonal or something. I was just not myself at all. And, um, so what I, we, I had an emotional reaction to a situation and I thought that I could use magic to fix it, to, to get to the end point that I wanted. And I did not anything unethical or like spiteful or vengeful or whatever you want to say. Like I, it was just the way that I had, the way that I had, uh, the way that I had laid it out to go was very specific and it wasn't something that would actually have worked and it wasn't something that I would have normally have done, but I was emotionally unstable at the time because of the medication and I was feeling a lot of stress and I was like, this has got to do it. I got to do it. I'm going to do it this way and it's going to happen this way. And Here you go. Make it happen. And I did that. And I went outside, and the owl was back. And I didn't see it at first. So I went outside. It's dark. Not dark, dark, but it's pretty dark. You know, sunset, but it's not dark. Like, you know, it was probably like not right. 9 o'clock. Twilight. Probably, 9, 9.30 on a couple months ago. Yeah, exactly. So I stepped out there. I had my vape. I'm hitting my vape, and I'm like, okay, this has got to work there's a branch on this pine tree. It's about 30 feet in the air. Um, just back by that corner and it sticks straight out. And that owl hopped up and it just hopped out and it looked right at me. And it kind of did this thing thing with its head and it looked at me and I looked at it. Yeah. And it just like that little head twitch or whatever. And it's just like, who are you? What are you doing here? You know? And I looked at it and it looked at me for probably 10 minutes. We stared at each other and I just got the sense of like, this isn't what I signed up for. Like you're doing stuff that, uh, like, I don't want to do this. And then I was like, okay, sorry. And then it flew away. And since then I haven't felt the magic. Like I haven't felt it. I, I haven't done anything like, uh, I, I did one thing a couple days after that. I was uh, 
still taking the same medication, um, was feeling like I knew that it was causing mm-hmm. me to be crazy at this point and feel like off my rocker. And so I was taking as little of it as I could, but I was still taking it. Um, I got with my doctor and got it switched back, but, uh, not until after all this went down. Um, and what I did was I, I got frustrated and I'm like, F you, you know? And so what I, I did, I made a ritual to burn it all down. Um, I went spiritual nuke. I, I did a ritual where I was burning salt and like sucking all the vibes out of everything into the salt. And like, I'm going to start fresh. I don't want to have any lingering, you know, anything. So I, I did that cleansing and then I just put everything away in a drawer. And then I actually, that was when uh, I messaged you. Cause I was like, I don't know really where to go from here about any of this. Like I like, I like magic. I like, the the visualization and the meditation and the working with yourself, but I don't know that I like. Uh, I have a lot going on, and I'd like to be able to do it like occasionally and not have a quote unquote mm-hmm. practice, you know, um, where you have to maintain it every you know a daily routine or whatever. And it's like that's it's a lot on my life right now, so I don't know. But I think sharing the story was the end of the story to talk to you about it all get it all out and so that was my journey through being a hardcore materialist reductionist to ending up as a magician that got blown off by a god (laughs) well that's the thing is you're whenever you do magic you're gonna screw up it it, we're human Mm mm-hmm and in a way, we're kind of like toddlers playing with grown-up things because we're, we're even when we are at our best, we can still put an energy into it that is not perfectly helpful. And we, we just do that. Right. We don't mean to half the time, although half the time we do. And, uh, you know, Morgan Daimler says something that I think is, is I, I really like it. And I, I kind of think in a lot of ways, it, it, it just about any really experienced uh, magical person could say, you know, I'm not really so much a... Uh, a role model as a uh, cautionary tale, you know, because we all have things that we have done either through complete and utter ignorance or we were under the, the influence of something that you can't control because you can't control what, you know, if, if something's messing with your dopamine, Well, there's not a lot you can do except stop taking it, you know, and you weren't there yet. So, and as a person who is naturally low in dopamine and so has to take a dopamine reuptake inhibitor, um, yeah, if it's not, if my dopamine levels are crap, I'm crap. I'm just, it's just awful. And uh, I come from a long line of people who have no dopamine. We're just all a bunch of like grumpy, depressed, 
sad Bavarian people. We're all just like, well, you know, we come from the, the Black Forest and there's all kinds of things that live there that are terrible. And uh, who knows, maybe we, maybe we pissed them off and, and got cursed forever, you know. But none of us have dopamine at all to speak of. And, uh, you know, so you can't do a lot about that. Um, and then there's things that people do in a moment of anger without good focus, without a lot of thought. And that's, that's a mess. Um, you know, and there are consequences to, to all of that. And honestly, what you did, like hitting the reset button was probably the way to go. Um, mm -hmm. I predict... Felt like it, the, the journey was at its end and I needed to... Yeah, you, you, know, you did the right thing by like going, it. okay, I'm going to cut this tie. Now, if Zach is your guy, guide, angel, whatever, daimon... Mm -hmm. If, right. if that's that's what he is, he's not gonna disappear forever. They they no. they come back. They just oh yeah they no. they have they have a they have a different sort of understanding of time than we do. Um, B they they will let you know when you have done gone and screwed up. So they 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 fuck off for a while. And then they come back, and and you have to make a deal with them. And you did really well making deals with the uh, with the smoking. That was great. That was a really good way to handle yeah. that. Um, I think that's that's exemplary. Uh, but it is funny because we don't really think how uh, medicine, particularly that has to do with brain chemistry affects us like for your your wife for example um the last yep. thing you want to give somebody who has bipolar disorder is <laughs> an ssri you you, you oh, don't yeah. want to she's on a huge dose. oh god see you don't want to do that um morgana that happened with her before she was diagnosed um, they thought it was depression and anxiety and no, 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 no. It was, it was the special kind of depression and anxiety that come tied together and moves, you know, up and down with the moon because that's what it does. And, you know, it's really hard, especially with a teenager to catch that because teens kind of act like that anyway, because their hormones are going to be, 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 um, so I'm really glad that whoever was standing by had the ability to make that hula hoop light up and you guys were sensible enough yeah. to catch it and, and go, wait a minute. We had been watching a lot of uh, kindred spirits, so we were prone to that sort of thing. I think it was tailored for us. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. You know, and, and I think that, um, if you just keep working with your synchronicities, for example, and kind of go back to basics, uh, 
and just keep your mind open. You'll do fine. Oh, and keep, you know, giving offerings out in your yard because if you just stop yeah. doing that wholesale, that's usually a, you get more branches on the roof or you <laughs> fall flat on your face or something, you know, <laughs> something awful happens. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think the story is really interesting. And now that you've, you've talked about Velis, the dream makes more sense because you had half of it and where you were laying was a cave, which is the underworld. And then yeah. the other half that's brilliant white light, but not very, you know, comforting is the celestial realm or the upper world, you know, in shamanic terms, we have hmm. the lower world, the middle world and the upper world. Lower world. Right. Is, I never thought about that. Yeah. The lower world is where the chthonic spirits live. The, the death is down there. Um, that's where uh, the spirits of the, the um, dead live. That's where, you know, but that's also where a lot of animal spirits live too. So yeah, it's the the more earthly, the, the sub earthly. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's the yeah. Yeah, I understand the. And then the middle is where humans live, and right where you know living animals who are you know sometimes they're just owls and sometimes they're bringing messages. Uh, that's where everybody you know there lives, and and your you know animal allies can talk to you in either the lower or the middle worlds. And usually if you work really well with them, you'll start seeing them not only in their earthly forms, but you'll be seeing them synchronistically as, you know, on a book cover or somebody's walking down the street with a sweatshirt with say an owl on it or whatever. And so you'll start seeing them in random places. And then the upper world is where usually the celestial gods the gods of the sky of the stars of uh the the angelic beings live up there it's the celestial realm and, and sometimes those guys can be um intense you know that's also where the where valhalla would be for the norse gods that's tirnanog is probably over there um so they can be really, really hyper intense and uh, not bad, but I did find it interesting that you had both an underworld deity and then you found out about the upper world one. And yeah, I thought that was really neat. You are, you're seeing a lot of stuff that I didn't put together until you just said it. So that's really cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I could yeah, I help. I didn't think about that symbolism. It's well, Okay, so I've been doing symbolism my whole life. So at this point, I can almost always, you know, catch it. But yeah, as soon as you had that in that white realm, and as soon as you said, it's like an angel, but not comforting, be not afraid. And I was like, yeah, that's the upper world over there. Yeah. And, and here he is. He's still in the underworld over here, but near the middle. And you just weren't quite in the middle yet. And that right. was, that was definitely telling. Um, 
kids, I think, are often, when they're young, very close to that line. You know, they, they some of them, I think, probably are allied with the upper world, and so they'd be on the upper world side real close to the middle. But there is a thing about kids that they can just... They can move from realm to realm easily. Um, mm-hmm. They do it in their dreams. Um, they, <laughs> they do it when they wake up from their dreams. Because um, so many times in childhood, I'd wake up and there'd be some, you know, thing in there, in the room with me doing things and just being there. Um, and it, it usually stops. It usually slows down. So that's part of why you yeah. had that big gap. And right. then it went on. Well, I think part of it also is that if you know, if you're taught from a young age that that doesn't exist, then yeah. you don't see it. It's a filter that's applied, you know, to your, your perceptions. Mm-hmm. So you say, uh, well, it's like, um, like, uh, the, somebody else's problem field. In, yeah. Uh, Douglas yeah. Adams. Yeah. So if you, if yeah. you're not, if you don't know exactly what to look for, you're not going to see it because you had a filter applied. Or yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good way to a good way to put it. It's a good way to look at it. Um, and yeah, most of my family on my dad's side were Lutherans, and they were very nice people. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't super fire and brimstoney, um, but they. And this is really weird because on my, I have weird people on both sides of my family. Um, that had, you know, weird experiences. So on my dad's side of the family, there were people who would talk about, oh, I saw the ghost of so-and-so. Or uh, my dad saw weird lights in the sky a lot. And then there was his sister, uh, my Aunt Judy, and she had all kinds of crazy things happen. And, uh, you know, they'd talk about these things when we'd get together, when the family would come together for a holiday or whatever. And, and it was treated fairly normally, but you didn't talk about it with other people. Like, you didn't, right. you didn't tell the nice people at church. <laughs> you didn't, you know, you didn't really admit it to your friends. And so... I kind of grew up in a family where if you listened carefully at odd times, you'd hear the stuff and you'd find out about it. But if you go asking about it, they wouldn't talk about it. So, right. yeah. Um, so that was kind of weird. You know, I didn't get that filter slapped on me. I was, I was not baptized as a baby or a kid. Um, I am grateful eternally to my dad who, who basically was like, let's let her decide, you know, later. And then he got, you know, a little bit wonky when I, you know, started practicing witchcraft and I was like, well, <laughs> maybe that wasn't the best idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's stick like, with uh, it now. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yep. Oh, well, uh, but yeah, it, it, and then on you know on the other side was my grandpa who was like you know and it's them and we're going in the house yeah <laughs> yeah um, and there were there were people there who had abduction um, experiences that I only heard of because I was eavesdropping so 
<laughs> I was a sneaky kid and I was nosy. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I learned about that and then just held it quiet for a really long time. It wasn't until one of my cousins came to visit me and she was pregnant and she said, Hey, you know, I kind of want to know if my dad ever had anything strange happen. And I was like, mm, why are you asking? She said, well, my brother would talk about these little men coming into the room and carrying him away. She said, but I don't remember any of that. And he said, well, you were sound asleep and you wouldn't wake up. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds, yeah. And she said, so I asked Dad about it, and he would not say anything and said he didn't want to talk about any of that, and that's just a bunch of, he was probably dreaming and whatever. She said, but he acted really shook up. And so I said, yeah, okay, that's why. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what I overheard. And, you know, I said he's had missing time. He had a lot of dreams of you know, lights in the sky coming for him, flying into his bedroom window. Um, he, there was a face looking in at him from that bedroom window, and I said it was two stories up, and there was nothing out there but a sheer drop. No way. No. no yeah, thank you. so there's, <laughs> yeah, that is a, mm-mm, don't want to, mm-mm. I said, and then there was the time he went camping. He would go camping by himself all the time. I said, and he was probably, it was before he married your mom. So he was probably like 18 or 19. It was, it was when he first started going and, and camping by himself. I said, and he was driving home and he got tired and he decided to pull over by the side of the road and just sleep. And I said, you know, it's West Virginia it was pretty safe to do that. Um, the worst thing that would happen is a cop would stop and check on you yeah. and make sure, you know, you weren't dead or, you know, you hadn't just abandoned the car or you weren't doing anything uncool. I said, so he stopped in the middle of nowhere and, you know, there's woods on both sides of this two lane road. And then he fell asleep and he woke up and there were lights all around the car, like blinking bright red, white, and blue lights. So he assumed it was the cops. Mm. And he said he got up and he turned his head to look out the window and it wasn't the cops. And then he just blacked out. Mm. And she said, oh. And I said, yeah. She goes, well, I wondered because I'm, I'm going to have a baby. I went, well. How about you have some some warding and uh, protection get some work iron. from your, your cousin here. We'll, we'll get some iron. We'll get some salt. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get some herbs to smudge the area. You know, the, 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 trust me, try these things. And you're a mom, so you can, you can protect your baby. You don't need me to go and, and do it for you. You can do it. And she was like, thank you, because I just, I knew something was wrong. And I went, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. And I said, and if, I don't know how long it went on, because he's, you know, it was this big secret that I heard listening to my grandmother telling 
my mom, his sister. So it was this big hush-hush thing. So I was asleep on the couch. (laughs) Never speak in a room where I'm sleeping. It doesn't do you any good if you're telling secrets. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's, there you go. Was, uh, it's still, you know, it's still going to go with me. It'll go with me all the way to the end. I'll just, I'll remember that. And hopefully yeah. that's, that's all that happens about it. But, <laughs> um, yeah. I, do, I do have a couple of just one-off random stuff. If you want to hear some other interesting sure. things real quick. Sure. Um, all right. So this is the Jimmy John's curse. Um, every single time. And it's uh, it's a synchronicity, but it's like a curse synchronicity where every time we get Jimmy John's, <laughs> something bad happens. I'm not joking. Like we were on a road trip, we stopped at a hotel. There was only we could only order like Jimmy John's or one other thing. So we we're like, okay, we'll get Jimmy John's. The bathroom flooded. Um, we mm. ordered Jimmy John's to our house, and my daughter got really sick randomly, not from the food, but just got sick that night. Like just. Got yeah, sick. Yeah, just like um, uh, my, and it's 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 me. It's not my wife. It's it's me because I before I knew my wife, I dated another girl. We ordered Jimmy John's for dinner. The next day, we broke up. Just like it's it's a weird. <laughs> oh, so man. now I we are not allowed to eat Jimmy John's in my house anymore. And I found a wrapper in the trash can. You know, um, I don't know, like six months ago, and I was like, who's been eating Jimmy John's in here? This is not okay with me. Like, something bad is going to happen, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that was well, you a, know the, a, re- a weird one. You know, the Jimmy John's owner guy is always shooting animals in, in Africa, so who knows? Well, I said he won't get my support anyways. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I wonder why. That's... I, why would there be a curse wrapped around? Who knows? I don't know. It's just one of those weird life things that just seems to happen. Yeah. Um, this is my my favorite ghost encounter. Really, one of my only ones. But uh, my wife's family has uh, like a little cabin out in the middle of nowhere in Illinois, and it's uh, there's a graveyard mm-hmm. up there. Um, it's just down maybe like an eighth of a mile's walk down the hill from the, the cabin and it's old graveyard like head, headstones from like the 1800s and stuff. And, um, I didn't really pay attention to it up until this last time that we went because it was like not a thing, but now it's like, Oh, that's a, that's a graveyard. There's dead people underneath me right now. You know, like what, what uh, effects are this, is this going to have on this area? So I'm paying attention now. And, uh, this was a while back, but I was still smoking at the time. I was outside having a cigarette. It was dark. My wife was inside. My daughter was asleep. That was it. There was nobody else around. And I heard footsteps walk up to me, like within a couple feet of me. Just just sound like somebody walking up on the, on the, the concrete there. Um, that was a weird one. And then the next night we were there. <clears throat> we were out on the screened-in porch with all the windows open. And uh, we were just sitting out there and talking, and we heard somebody, somebody like talking, like like sounded like somebody on a cell phone. But we're in the middle of nowhere, 
like nobody should be within a mile of us. So uh, we both heard it. And so I got up and walked around and I couldn't find anybody out there. So that was like, well, it's probably a ghost, you know? (laughs) So, okay, cool. Well, I guess this place might be a little haunted. And so then the next day, because we were there for four days, and this was the day before we left, um, the night before, or it was that night on the whatever, it was, I was inside, there was a bunch of people over, like hanging out, uh, family members, and I turned and I was going to walk down from the living room down this hallway to get something out of the bedroom. And we were all joking around. And as I'm walking down the hallway, I yelled out, I don't remember what the joke was, but I yelled out your mama. And then a voice right in my ear goes, your mother. Ah, And I was like, what? Did a ghost just yo mama me? Like what? Oh my god! <laughs> was, it had a sense of humor. It's at least. so funny. It's ridiculous. Oh um, yeah, see that that kind of stuff would have made me get, <laughs> jump. I jumped, but I I jumped and <laughs> then I just it. started laughing, and I was like, "This is this is my life yeah. now." <laughs> I guess Morgana would have said something like, oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) I'm going to the bathroom. Don't you dare come in with me. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Let's see if I got any other ones here. Uh, I don't don't know that I have any, like, other really interesting experiences. Um, The last thing on my list here is uh, two things. Because I know you're Josh's editor, so uh, he might hear this. Um, if you really feel like you are kryptonite to uh, paranormal, try doing microdosing. Might attract some paranormal if you want to experience it. And also, can we get some Josh Cutchins on audiobook? That would be awesome. Those are my my yeah. last two things that yeah, I got here. Good. So I'll pass that along. I'll pass that along. He hasn't been listening as often as oh, he did sure before he's because he's been busy doing writing his novel, yeah. which, by the way, you'd probably like because parts of it are set in the mountains oh, of Georgia. Cool. That's right. Um, I... Georgia and North Carolina. So you'd probably like I, it. I will read it at some point. Um, I have a, like a stack of books yeah. to go through still. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing all this research for the book I'm writing and with, with Josh. And now he's back to doing the research now that he's not writing a novel. And it's it's stacks of books. So many books. Is that for your, your lights book? Anomalous Lights? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yep. Definitely will have a copy of my, uh, my Amazon cart when it's done. So. Yeah, cool. so that that's that's pretty much all the stuff that I put down on my notes here. Well, that was a lot, and it was exciting, and it was fun. Um, did you did you catch what kind of owl your owl? No, was? it was dark. Um, I can send you a picture that I took though, if you'd like. It's a blurry picture from sure. a distance, but uh, it was the first time it showed up on the power lines. I snapped a shot of it. So. Yeah. Yeah, the ones I have around here are barn owls and 
eastern screech owls, which make the funniest noises. <laughs> they sound like little tiny mm. horses sometimes. They have a call that sounds like, <laughs> and then it just doesn't sound like oh, an owl. And so I have barn owls in those and um, great horned owls around here. So. I'm not sure what is in this area. You know, I, my favorite, yeah, my favorite owl was, you know, I was getting ready to, I was making lunch for the kid to take to school. It was a few years ago. It was in the winter. So I look out. My kitchen window is, is, you know, this big window that looks out over the trees. We live on top of a hill, so it looks downwards and across. And uh, I'm on the second floor. This this house is built weirdly. It's built on top of a garage, so it's, like, huge and tall. And so, you know, I look out, and I'm like, oh, that branch, that's interesting. I, I guess it, I guess it broke off looks kind of like an owl Uh, but it's not going to be it's not an owl and then of course it spread its wings and turned its head and looked at me you thought okay branches don't fly yeah branches don't fly okay (laughs) nothing untoward happened nothing particularly interesting happened after that i was just like oh thank you i got to see i got to see one of you okay now that you mentioned other experiences i that I think that was my first time, my only time ever seeing an owl, like ever in person, except for like the zoo. But yeah, I think so. Yeah. They're really reclusive. You know, they're they're not they're not easy to yeah. catch sight of, you know, because most of the time they're out at night. But for whatever reason, I've seen an inordinate amount of them. Sometimes so. they're not owls. I'm I'm lucky, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that too. You know, <laughs> sometimes they're the special owls that you know just put on wings for a thing. You know. All right, I got to go up here to this person and tell them right. not to do that. See y'all later. <laughs> I don't know why the owl sounds like my <laughs> grandfather, but oh well. <laughs> oh he was a scary man but he he had his moments he used to see balls of light follow power you know, lines. i just was listening to that you talk about that today because i was prepping and so i spent the whole day listening to old episodes of the show and uh i remember you were talking about that with i think it was vincent trewell yeah that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, you guys was, were, or maybe yeah. no, it might have been somebody. I don't remember. I listened to like six episodes today. <laughs> yeah, but well, he, who yeah, knows what I, I said? I don't remember what I said <laughs> an hour ago. <laughs> so, yeah, I understand. Yeah, after I caught COVID, my my brain is much fuzzier than it used to be, and I don't like that. But yeah. I've, I've made it this far. Well, is there anything you want to ask me while you've got me? Because we're almost at two hours, and uh, I try not to make three-hour episodes. Um, (laughs) I'm sure there's a million things I have that I want to know about, um, but really, I am just grateful that you gave me, like, the chance to tell my story, honestly. Like, it's, it's nice to get it out in 
detail and chronological order and so it's not all bouncing around in my head you know and somebody that actually understands it so yeah i'll be messaging yeah. you questions <laughs> but i can't think of anything right now okay you can message me questions if you if you get a whole raft of them we can do we can That'd do an cool. episode again so if those are questions that other people would want to know the answer to we can do it that way like i did with octavian um and uh well thank you and i'm i'm so honored that you wanted to tell me your stories because it, i'm honored every time i get stories you're uh, you you have a good um a, a good skill at, you're very skilled at listening and letting people open up and like yeah 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 i understand that i get that like it's not like Ooh, that's weird or whatever you know so yeah no <laughs> No, nothing's particularly that weird. Um, not, not to me. <laughs> not anymore. I, I just, after, after not only my experiences and my family's experiences, but hearing other people, I'm like, yeah, that happens. Yep. <laughs> and now that I'm reading all these books, I'm like, yeah, that really yep. does happen. <laughs> over now, and over. I... Sorry, go ahead. And I'm so. I was just gonna go say, uh, if I had if I had told this to myself from five years ago, I would have called myself crazy. So that's that's where I was at with it, and so it's just been such a big change. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I understand you, and and honestly, going from being a materialist. Um, I, I wanted to be a scientist when I was a kid, uh, and I still would have had these experiences. Uh, l luckily or not, my um, math skills are for the birds. So, yeah, the <laughs> owls took it away. You know, they said, no, you're not going to be a scientist. Get out of here. Uh, get out of here, kid, no. But I still, when I experience something, that part of my brain is still on. And it's, it's sitting there like there's the part of me that's just quiet and experiencing it. And then there's the part of me over there going, is that an airplane? No. Is it a meteor? No. Is it a, wow, it's getting closer. Maybe we yeah, should Yeah, except I wouldn't, I wouldn't you know? be saying let's go like, to let's, let's get our phones out. Most Everybody of the get time. Your phone. <laughs> yeah. I, it, <laughs> Most of the time, I will stand there longer than other people. Um, but sometimes, I, I it, there is a a feeling I'll get every now and then. It's like it's you sh it's time to go. Just just go in that. Don't you don't need to see that anymore. Just go. Um, and yeah, that's a uh, that's a thing. I'm glad I've developed to some extent because Morgana says I I am much more incautious that I should be you know she's like mom if you see the portal open you will walk towards it and I will run away she said so I'm just gonna let you know I'm gonna grab you by the shirt and keep going away because I know that you will walk towards whatever it is the elder god the portal <laughs> the aliens whatever <laughs> whatever Bigfoot, it is you're gonna whatever. find out what it is so you know yeah and that's yeah I think that's also partially just that 
that scientist oh, yeah. bit that still lives in there going, what I've resigned that? myself to the fact we don't, we're see never going to know, but maybe oh, after we die, who know. knows? No. Me too. I hope so. I hope, I hope that we learn at least yeah. something about it, you know, yeah. or I'm going to have words. No. You, you might get somebody. a. <laughs> I want to talk to the manager. You, you might get a, a, a teaser after a couple more lifetimes, you know. Yeah. A couple times yeah, around the wheel I again. I can see that. Uh, yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. The wheel of Dharma. Here we go. Woo. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, you're welcome to come back, you're welcome to ask questions. And uh, thank you. It was great to talk with you. Thanks. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you. And we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you.